Hi everyone, how you doing? It's Peter Doak here and it is time for the PDG Advertising Podcast episode 39. Hey, we're nearly at 40. Welcome. So this morning feels like such a long time ago. Um, it's really strange, great day, but it's a strange day today. Um, it was a really early start for me i don't know yesterday was a little bit crazy i um i'm a big uh (laughs) some insider information on the pdg advertising podcast about peter um i am a big fan of um sci-fi and i really enjoy um the films like independence day and the alien films and whenever and the recent film arrival um like jurassic park as well anything that's just totally out there and i all whenever you like stuff like that you then kind of get into new technology and if you go on youtube that can end up bringing you to like you know conspiracy theorists and aliens and stuff like that and i've always been fascinated to see if we're you know alone in the universe and while i don't believe in aliens i have not been abducted (laughs) i um i really uh enjoy you know watching youtube shows about things like that i think it's really cool um and yesterday about lunchtime or was it it was i think it was yesterday and i i was listening to the joe rogan podcast and he just said something off off color from a podcast a couple of days ago that that just threw me a little bit. He said to the guests that he had on, I don't even remember who the guests were. They were cool guys, but um, he said that he he was going out to dinner that night to discuss a podcast that was up and coming, and the podcast the person the people that he was going out to talk to was uh, was about a guy called Bob Lazar, and if you're in any way interested in UFOs or aliens or anything like that then you probably know who Bob Lazar is, but he worked at the famous um, Area 51 site, um, or south of it. And basically, yesterday was just really exciting because I thought, oh my goodness, so on the Joe Rogan podcast today, at some point, Joe Rogan's going to be talking to Bob Lazar. And Joe Rogan's a huge um, fan of that. Anyway, long story short, uh, I woke up um, pretty early. And sometimes I wake up pretty early, I get right at it and go to work. Sometimes I kind of doze on for a bit. But today I woke up with a notification on my phone saying, Joe Rogan Experience podcast with Bob Lazar is uh, ready. Um, Go watch it. So I jumped up and I got ready to go to work. And this was maybe at five or six in the morning. And I just stuck on the Joe Rogan podcast with Bob Lazar on it. And it was awesome, and I, I got through a fair amount of um, stuff that I had to do, um, just some admin in the morning. And I don't know, it really set me up for a great, great day. It's great. The podcast was awesome, um, really cool, and uh, I got through a fair, a fair amount of it. And then, and then I went into work, and it was super early for work, and and then it was like half nine or so and I was coming to the end of my task list and I was thinking, goodness, this feels like I've done a day's work already and I kind of forgot that I'd been working for, for so long. 
Um, but somewhere in the midst, midst of all that, um, for some reason, uh, Anthony and I went through our task list for the day. And it was pretty good because we, um, I don't know, we have our Monday morning meeting. And then the week kind of goes by. And by Friday, we've just done so much that it was nice to be able to, you know, uh, catch up and figure out what we were going to do throughout the day. And that was really good. So we did that and um, we went through the things that we had to do and some stuff that we were planning on doing in the in the afternoon so so that was really good we had a we had a friday morning digital advertising meeting one of the things that came up in the friday morning meeting was that we need new chairs and we've decided to get some new chairs for the office and um, the ones that we use are just hopeless squeaky not comfortable probably doing damage to our backs um, and we've gone for some Eames style chairs and they should be arriving soon. Um, having said that, uh, there was something wrong with the order, so I need to check that out. But, but it's really cool. You know, you got to work in a nice environment and you got to work somewhere that, you know, you like. It's, it's no point sitting struggling or I think comfort is important um, because what we do is pretty hard. So being able to do it in a comfortable environment is very, very important. So anything that can make that environment nicer, I think is better. It's a little bit of a paradox between something else that I believe that, um, you know, work is hard and struggle is important because if you're always comfortable all the time, then, you know, you don't, you won't really be successful. Um, you need to struggle against something but I'm going to take a gamble on this and say that it's not seat, seating <laughs> that you need to struggle against. And having a nice seating environment in the office is, is I think, the right, the right decision. And I'm looking forward to seeing And we'll, we'll post pictures of our new seats on Instagram and on Facebook and all over the place. Yeah, today something came up. And um, whenever you're doing digital advertising, there's a lot to think about. And there's a lot to do. There's a lot of elements of things. It's, I mean, I w this could probably be applied to everything, but I think it's it's really evident all the time in online advertising. It's not easy. It's not an easy thing to do, to get to bring a product to have someone buy it to get the right audience to all of that. It, I don't know whether it's as hard as you make it or whether it is hard or whether it is easy or not. I, I don't know. I know I know one thing for sure. It's complicated. It's really, really complicated. And one thing that came clear became clear today was there's a couple of projects that we're just really, really on top of and doing really well in. And I think that only comes with working very hard at them. I'd like to be specific. So... One of the projects is email marketing. Um, and there are 22 emails that need to go out every month. And in order to collate content for each of the emails, we need to contact 22 stakeholders. And those stakeholders need to approve all the content. I need to approve all the content. And our main client um, needs to approve all the content. And that is quite the undertaking. Can you imagine sending out, you know, um, 22 requests for information, getting six out of office replies, getting 10 no replies, getting two people coming back to you within the deadline 
and getting another two people coming back that don't understand and need you know help with that. No, <laughs> don't get me wrong, none of that's bad. So it's it's all good. It, it's just really really complex. So if you take those twenty two emails and let's let's say along the process that there's you know ten elements of each of them of each of the emails to to work out. And in reality, it's more like about 50 elements in each of the emails to work out. And not only that, um, the email multiplies itself by the uh, audience that it's going to. So if if that email has 20, has even, I don't know, 10 elements, and the audience is 400, then you're talking <laughs> immediately, immediately you're talking like, a thousand things that can go wrong and I think it's more like 20,000 things that can go wrong with this process I think that there's a very fine line between success and failure and I think that getting being successful in any way in that campaign is um is good and I was really pleased at how on top of that process that we are but I also recognize that at any point there's, there's something that could screw it up because there's just so many elements so I, I think that it's an important point. It's, you know, if you're successful in any way, you've probably worked quite hard and you're probably doing quite well um, because there's so many opportunities to be unsuccessful. Like There's just so many ways that things can go wrong. And if, if you can even half navigate your way through, like I, I, I put it in the, in the context of sending a rocket into space. Like, apparently, whenever a rocket goes in, it's practically a miracle that it gets off the ground because the amount of um, pieces that go into the rocket, the amount of um, people that you're dealing with, the amount of laws, the amount of um, weather changes, the amount of, um, I don't know, that's probably, that's probably the, main, the main things. But, you know, all of those different things, each one of those things has maybe about 50 different elements to it maybe a hundred different elements to it. So you multiply up, that up by the amount of components that are in the thing. And it's just mind-boggling how anything ever gets done at any point because there's so much opportunity for stuff to just crumble. But it doesn't... It You can... You, know, you can navigate your way through things if you if you focus. Um, and I don't know how we do it, but I know that we keep lots of lists and I know we do a lot of checklists and things like that. Um, and that helps. That definitely helps. Um, failing helps too. Um, each rocket that goes up, you're probably talking about 50 rockets that went up before that exploded on the launch pad or, or didn't or exploded on the way back down or, you know, all of those different things. But there are a lot of things that can go wrong and trying to anticipate them gives you a little bit of an advantage. So that's something that's important to us in PDG advertising. So... It's time for um, chapter two, I guess, of uh, part two of the user journey. Um, it's taking its time getting our user journey right in terms of a visual representation of it. It's so clear in my mind, um, the user journey, but um, it's just taken some time to, to get it correct. And Anthony and I are working on it. And today we had a bit of a breakthrough um, it's an interesting way about how we came to the breakthrough. So what we're trying to do is create a visual of the PDG advertising journey, bringing people from 
um, whenever their business has people that don't even know who they are to people that know who they are to people that have connected with them to people that have purchased from them to people that have purchased twice from them to people that have um, left a review and are, are fans of them. So creating that visual is really important to me. It's something that we'll be able to use in literature on our website. Um, I, I can't wait until we have something nice to send out to the world. And I wonder what it'll what what it'll look like. But here, here on the PDG Advertising Podcast, and if you are an avid listener of the PDG Advertising Podcast, then you're getting this first. You are getting this straight from the well. Um, I am that well. <laughs> and today we're going to talk about part two um, of the customer journey. And the the first part, just to recap very quickly, are is getting in front of advertising for people, advertising to people who don't know who you are. So getting an advert in front of someone to introduce yourself. You've done that. You've done that on um, Facebook or you've done it through Google search. And for more details on it, track back to the PDG Advertising Podcast 38 for stage one of the customer journey. Stage two, we this group of people that we're trying to target are people who have been to your website or maybe have interacted with one of your posts. And the idea behind that is if they've clicked on your post or if they've gone as far to visit your website, then they're probably interested in what you have to do or what you have to sell. And think about what they had to deal with in order to click on your post. So. Unless your post wasn't true to who you are, unless you like pure clickbait, or if you were just posting irrelevant stuff, um, then you know maybe they're not interested. But if you put out a post saying, "Are you interested in um, chocolate bars?" and you sell chocolate bars, and someone has clicked on it, then it's probable that they're interested in chocolate bars, or at least out of a hundred, you know, eighty people that have clicked on it are probably interested in chocolate bars. The other ten might be trolls going, "Who on earth will be interested in chocolate bars?" Chocolate bars might be a bad example, um, because <laughs> who doesn't like a chocolate bar? But you get the idea. So these are people that have landed on your site, and and how do you get back in front of them? Now I'm going to skip forward a little bit to stage three of the customer journey, which is when people have connected with you, maybe on email or on social media, and we're not talking about those people yet. We're talking about the people before that. We're talking about the people that have. Um, purchased from sorry they haven't purchased they haven't come they haven't even come near to purchasing from you the, we're talking about the people that haven't connected with you but have seen an advert before and have clicked on your advert before how do we identify these people again well we do that via pixels two main pixels I'm sure there are more out there but these two will explain the basic concept on Facebook specifically on Facebook business manager and on Google Ads Manager, there is the opportunity to download a piece of code from those platforms and install them on your website so that whenever a user visits your website, they're, um, and you know, it's important that I challenge myself to get the terminology right here, and I don't think I'm going to because I don't 100% understand it. I'm going to call that out now. I have a I have a specialist that deals with this, but I'm going to put it in words that I hope that you will understand um, because I understand them. So this um, piece of code embeds uh, 
piece of code or a signature in that part that users your potential customers web browser and it tags your user as someone who has been to your website so whenever your user goes towards um goes to another website like off facebook or even on facebook again what what the what we then want to do is we then want to send an advert to you on facebook again let me run over that again briefly um and i probably should write it down so that i can go through it properly but let's let's try it again so user visits your website facebook creates an audience of you and stores the fact that you have been to the website before and then whenever you visit facebook again or another um website that is linked to facebook it will then start we we then want to send an advert to you again when you go on facebook and i suppose the best way to practically explain it is whenever you have gone to a website like amazon.com or whenever you go to um, a shoe site or a driving instructor site or a web design site whenever you go back to facebook or go around the internet you feel like you're being followed around the internet by adverts this is what we're talking about retargeting on different platforms so the idea is that whenever someone comes back to the internet or um, if they haven't purchased, or if they haven't given you their details, then we then send another advert to, to increase that brand awareness. And, and what we do is, is kind of aggressive at that point. We um, set the adverts to run two times every day for the next seven days. So every day, what you'll see is an advert um, twice a day it could be it could be on on a website that's linked to Facebook it could be on a um, it could be on Facebook itself it could be on Instagram um, and this is Facebook I'm talking about then you talk about Google same process um, the retargeting tag on Google just stores your information and then starts sending you information and adverts based on where you've visited across the internet so what's the top level basically the first time you see an advert you click on it um, and then you end up, and whenever I say you, I'm putting you in the um, mindset of being the customer, but we're actually trying to target your customers, so to take on that persona of your own customer. So your customer visits your website based on an advert that we have sent them to start off with. It's level one. But then they don't connect with you, or they don't give you their email address, and they don't purchase, and they don't go any further at that point. If we don't get in front of them again, unless they come voluntarily back to the website, I think that they're gone. I think in 2019, you need to remind people that you exist. So what we then do is we send more adverts to that person because we've identified them as a possible um, customer. And we go a little bit aggressive at this point. Now, that's how it works. What type of adverts are we trying to send to people? Let me take a step back before we do that. I want to tell you, give you an example of a really great, um, and I think I talked about it in the podcast 38, but uh, it's really relevant for right now. So we had a customer, B2B customer, who 
um, had someone visit their website and we had retargeting installed. And I don't know if it was on Facebook or Google, but one of them had uh, Forbes was on their um, advertising uh, connections list. So whenever that customer had one of their customers go to their website and then go to read Forbes a couple of days later, what they saw was an advert from our customer on Forbes and the prospect came back to our customer and said, how on earth did you get on Forbes? That's amazing. That conversation started off a contract that was worth something like $50,000, all because of maybe a, a couple of cent being put into a retargeting budget to get in front of someone. It wasn't that we were on Forbes. It wasn't that our customer was on Forbes. It was that Forbes allowed retargeting. And the, um, the, the Forbes allowing retargeting made it look like our customer was on Forbes, making it look like the customer was much, much bigger than they actually were and it helps them in ironically to get to being as big as they possibly could be um so, so that that's an example of how it actually works in practice now what exactly are we trying to do in those second adverts so remember someone sees the first advert and then they see the second advert but they're going to see it repeatedly over and over and over again what are we trying to do we're trying to move those people to the next stage of their the customer journey which is stage three and that's to enter their email address or to connect on on social now we do that in a number of ways sometimes we'll have people we don't so much ask people to hit like on facebook it's becoming a bit of a false economy having large, large facebook followings because it still costs you to get in front of them so what's the point why wouldn't you just retarget them whenever you want to anyway without the added expense of trying to get them to like you on facebook so what we do is we more go to try to get people's email addresses. It still seems like the one evergreen way of making sure that you can get back in touch with people because people have to have email addresses for you know, their bank accounts or maybe not only their bank accounts, but certainly their broadband accounts or you know, logins for different things is usually an email address. So it's still a very obvious place to you know, try to contact people for, for marketing, even with very low open rates in 2019. But anyway, that's what we're trying to do with those adverts. So those adverts will gen generally be um, retargeting to people who we know what, that are interested with maybe an offer in return for their email address. On one of our um, customers that sells uh, furniture, we um, offer a 10% discount code um, and we retarget that out to people. And that goes marvelously well. And it certainly brings people through the process and brings people through the customer journey um a little bit further and a little bit um quicker in short and in summary the second advert level is stage two of the customer journey it's increasing your brand awareness with the customer and enticing them to move to level three which is um getting their email address or um getting them to connect somewhere with you that's a little bit deeper than just having visited your your website. And we do that through pixeling, um, through Google Pixels, and through um, Facebook Pixels, all retargeting um, Pixels. So um, that was great to talk about stage two of the customer journey. Um, and I suppose whenever you're relentlessly working on the customer journey for customers, um, I think something really interesting happened yesterday. Um, we had a conversation with a guy um, and we're working with 
himself um, on SEO for one of our customers um, already because we work very quickly and we move very, <laughs> very quickly. But the um, a question that they posed was about competitors for one of our customers. And, and I had to take a step back and I thought, we have no idea who our customers' competitors are. I have no idea who our competitors are at PDG Advertising. I kind of don't care. I don't care who our customers are. Um, I don't think anybody's doing this as well as we're doing it right now. It might sound arrogant, but I just feel like we understand it a little bit better. Uh, I've not come across anybody that understands this as well. Um, I really haven't. And um, goodness, if, if you're interested in challenging that viewpoint, please do, because I'd love to um, meet someone that was able to you know, um, focus on this as well as we can, I think. But aside from that, um, we should know what our, who our customers' competitors are. We should know that, and we don't. So the fact that we don't, I think, is a major problem and something that we're going to definitely rectify. Um, and if anybody has an opinion on that, um, let me know. Tell me if you think that, you know, people should, um, as an advertising agency, should we be, you know, knowledgeable about our customers' competitors? Um, or should we just relentlessly focus on our own game? I'm veering towards the side of focusing on our own game, but I'd be interested to know to know your opinion. And guys, that is the end of the PDG Advertising Podcast. It has been a rainy, wet week across Belfast, but tonight we've got a very beautiful, cloudy sunset um, over the Belfast Hills, and um, it's a nice way to end the uh, the week. A great week, and a, f- a very, very busy week coming up at PDG Advertising. Um, I'm going to keep you all informed. We'll be back on Monday with the PDG Advertising Podcast, episode 40. Um, this being episode 39. Um, I'm really pleased that we've been able to keep it up to, you know, episode um, nearly 40 now. But we're really only scratching the surface and we're going to go right to episode 100. And I look forward to that. And who knows what um, we'll be um, talking about on, on the 100th hundredth episode of the pdg advertising podcast but thank you again everyone for listening and our additional listeners that have come on board um i really appreciate every one of you and i look forward to um episode 30 uh episode 40 on on monday have a wonderful weekend and we'll speak soon